Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Comfort Zone. I'm your host, Joe Barksdale. To the first-time visitors as well as the repeat offenders, thank y'all for checking us out. This is a mental health podcast that looks at mental health through the lenses of music, sports, and comedy, or arts and entertainment. Today's going to be a pretty special show, I ain't going to lie. It's uh, First of all, while these conversations and episodes may be therapeutic um, in nature, I am not a mental health professional, um, you know, so you can only get so much out of this is what I'm saying. If you feel like you need help, you know, I mean, shoot, if nothing else, hit me up, you know, on social media. Um, and, you know, if I mean, talk to somebody is what I'm saying. I guess, uh, should I give a trigger warning before this episode? Let's do it to say we did it. Uh, this is going to be an episode about depression. One of, uh, one of my oldest friends. Um, I want to talk about, you know, I just kind of want to get into it. Now, there's going to be a lot of page flipping and you know, clicking on a mouse because I got a bunch of different notes scrambled everywhere. But there were certain things that I wanted to answer uh, with this podcast about depression. I know normally when people bring up depression, you automatically go straight to suicide. Like, and that's why people have killed themselves. That's not like, you know, the only thing related to depression is so much more than that. Um, so I guess let's start with let's start with the definition. Um, and I am, let's see, depression. So definition of depression, a group of conditions associated with the elevation or lowering of a person's mood, such as depression or bipolar disorder, clinical depression, a mental health disorder characterized by persistently depressed mood or loss of interest in activities causing significant impairment in everyday life. Persistent depressive disorder, a mild but long-term form of depression. Bipolar disorder, a disorder associated with the uh, episodes of mood swings ranging from depressive lows to manic highs. Your boy has been diagnosed with clinical depression. Um, possible causes, and this is about clinical depression, possible cla- possible causes include a combination of biological, physiological, and social sources of distress. Increasingly, research suggests these factors may cause changes in brain function, including altered activity of certain neural circuits in the brain. Um, let's see, and it says it's very common, more than, three million, more than 3 million U.S. cases per year, and this is clinical depression specifically. Um, medium term, apparently it resolves within months, requires a medical diagnosis, um, and lab tests or imaging are rarely required. Shout out to the Mayo Clinic. That is where I just got all that information from. Um, And let me look up symptoms. People experience 
anxiety, apathy, general discontent, guilt, hopelessness, loss or interest in pleasure in activities, uh, loss of interest or pleasure in activities, mood swings or sadness, agitation, excessive crying, irritability, restlessness, or social isolation, early awakening, excess, excess sleepiness, insomnia, or restless sleep, excessive hunger, fatigue, or loss of appetite, lack of concentration or slowness in activity, weight gain or weight loss. Also common, poor appetite, repeatedly going over thoughts or thoughts of suicide. So I guess uh, now that we have the definition down, I'm going to try to describe what depression feels like. Obviously, it feels different to all of us, and you can only, they only make so many words. Okay, no one's making words, but we only have so many words to convey so many things. Um, but I would I would equate it to, you know, have you ever been at a funeral for someone that you love? Um, and, you know, you didn't go to the wake or anything, but you showed up to the funeral. And you walk up to the coffin to view the body or the casket to view the body. And that feeling that you get when your eyes connect with that dead body and everything that you feel, that deep sadness, that sinking feeling. In my mind, if you just took that feeling, you know, the moment you feel it in the chest, pause it and then expand it over days, months, weeks, years that did not go in order. Days, weeks, months, years. That's depression. That's how it feels for me. I mean, I wake up most mornings feeling like I just left a funeral or I'm at a funeral currently. I don't choose to be this way. I think sometimes people think that, you know, oh, you're just depressed. Talk yourself out of it, you know, and there's a difference between being sad and being, you know, like diagnosed with actual depression as a mental illness. Um and I'm trying to do a better job myself of, you know, educating people about that. Now, that being said, I'm not a college professor. Not like I can just walk around educating every single person I ever see about mental health. I'm not, you know, the mental health messiah. But I'm trying to do what I can to make things better for people like me. Um, so I wrote down some other questions and comments that people had. And I'm just honestly going to go through them. I don't know why I say honestly, like I'd lie about going through comments. But I'm going to go through them and uh, answer the questions and touch on the things that I wrote down as soon as I can find it, because that's how it goes. The one time you need your notes. All right, here we go. First thing I wrote down, you can appear happy and still want to go home and kill yourself. This is something that a friend of mine who suffers from depression as well said to me. In fact, earlier today, I said, what's a misconception of depression? You know, that, that really pisses you off. They're like the fact that. People think just because you're happy on the outside, ain't nothing happening on the inside. Um, and I can speak to that, too. I mean, I've said it in countless interviews. I mean, humor for me is a defense mechanism for my emotions. Um, and I mean, I think at this point, everybody knows I'm miserable. So, <laughs> you know, you can appear happy and still want to go home and kill yourself. Um Sometimes medicine can trigger depressive episodes. I haven't gone through all the medications that people can take for mental health issues because, you know, we ain't trying to be here for hours. But a lot of those medications have side effects of like suicidal thoughts, you know, depression, that kind of thing. And honestly, speaking for mentally ill people, that's what makes it hard to try to do the medicine and try to do the therapy anyway. Like you're trying to not be in pain and sometimes it seems that the things that you try to do to escape that pain bring more pain it's a vicious cycle 
Um, we can't predict when these episodes happen. This was a big one. I don't know if people think that, you know, someone's just sitting around in a calendar like, I'm going to have a depressive episode between December 30th and, I don't know, March 5th of the next year. Like, that's not how it goes. Depressive episodes, just like any other, you know, life-related thing, it just shows up and it ain't going nowhere and you got to deal with it, you know. Um, I say that to say, like, people aren't just deciding when to be depressed because I swear to God... If I never had to be depressed again, if I could make that choice, I would. I don't like feeling this way. You know, I don't know anyone that's suicidal that likes being suicidal. Like, I've never heard anyone say like, oh, I love I love being suicidal and, you know, unhinged. Like no one likes feeling that way. But sometimes people treat you like you do. You know what I mean? I know I keep bringing it up, but like. You know, these misconceptions of mental health, you know, lost my daughter, her first godfather. But everything happens for a reason, you know. Um, I saw something in a BoJack Horseman episode where this woman says, I can't be with people and I can't be alone. I think that's a great definition of depression. It's like you want people to be around, but at the same time, you don't want to see anybody. It's very conflicting feelings. Even as I say it out loud, it sounds like, you know, but you're having two opposite feelings at the same time um depression has been described by some friends of mine as a numb ache you know like that feeling you get right after the bruise forms except it just doesn't stop um a lot of cats with depression are told me that they're counting down the days that they have left and i guess i can put i can say that too i even mentioned it in a song called alone you know counting down the days that i have left on this planet to roam I think I will say the difference between counting down the days you have left and killing yourself is hope. Hope that, you know, hopefully there's just, you know, sometimes it feels like a Hail Mary attempt, but just hoping that, you know, that your life gets better, that your best days aren't behind you, that you're not a mistake, that your life is not pointless. You know what I mean? Um... No one listens to you when you want to talk about mental health, which is true. I hate when I'm trying to tell someone about my mental issues and their first thing is like, oh, sorry, man, we all got something. You know, we're, we we all going through and, it's, you know, we're the same. We're not the fucking same. If we were the same, we'd both be meeting with a therapist twice a week. We'd both be on 650 or 700 milligrams of Medicaid. We're not the same. And that's okay. But I think sometimes people try to make you know, people with mental illnesses are just people who are quote unquote different feel accepted by just completely trying to negate everything that makes them them. That's not fair to them. And honestly, that's not fair to you because it makes you look like a dumbass that doesn't listen to people. And it, you know, makes the person that you're mar- marginalizing feel marginalized. Yes, we've all been through pain. Yes, we've all been sad. But don't come, especially if you don't have a diagnosis, don't walk up to a diagnosed person and say, oh, I've, I've been there too. Because don't nobody want to hear that shit. This isn't, a, this isn't the pain Olympics. That's another thing. When someone does tell you about like, oh, I'm depressed. But I hate when people start to, well, it's all right, bro. You know, I was molested by two dogs when my mom videotaped. Ain't nobody ask you to try to say like, oh, I've been through some shit too. It's okay to say like, oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like, so many people try to one-up your trauma, and you ain't even trying to talk about your trauma. 
He's just trying to let people know who you are, how you feel. I mean, you know, if you walked into a room like, hey, y'all, you know, I, I got AIDS. And, you know, when someone walks in like, well, shit, man, you know, I got cancer, bronchitis, the flu and COVID. Like, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't this isn't a competition. And it takes people a long time, a long fucking time to feel comfortable enough with anybody to open up and say that. Like, oh, I'm you know, I'm struggling or I'm hurting. And for somebody to be like, oh, well, you know, we all struggling. Hey, man, shut the fuck up. All right. Don't try to marginalize somebody else just because you don't care about what they're talking about. If you don't really care, then don't listen. But don't try to sit there and shut somebody else down. Moving on. <clears throat> generational trauma. I think too many people discount the role that generational trauma plays in their depression. For example, I'm black. I would say African-American, but I ain't never even seen Africa. I'm black. And... My ancestors were slaves. There was no slave master or no overseer out in the field, you know, checking in on people's mental health. They were beating the fuck out of them if they didn't get the job done that they needed to get done. Those slaves eventually had kids. You know, those kids were eventually free from slavery. Those free slaves were now poor sharecroppers that were always in debt. And whenever a kid, you know, has an issue where, mom, I'm sad. I'm, at least you're not a slave. Suck that shit up. And it goes from slavery to, you know, my grandparents. Oh, I'm kind of sad. Well, at least you ain't a, you know, at least you ain't a super poor sharecropper. Suck that shit up. Grandma, you know, grew up. My mom's sad. Oh, I'm so sad. Well, at least you weren't a sharecropper. Suck that shit up. And it's just been years of sucking that shit up. Like people saying it to each other, especially in the black community. Um, and we got to change that, man. If there was, you know, if there was no need for you to talk or express yourself, you wouldn't have a mouth. But I think sometimes people forget about the role that generational trauma plays. Um, and I've heard similar things, not just from black people, from Jewish people, from, you know, Middle Eastern people. It's generational trauma is real. Let's see. My father-in-law died a couple of days ago. Ex-father-in-law, my mother-in-law and him were divorced at the time of his death. My wife asked me how I felt. I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to find right now and see if I have the uh, the text message conversation that we had. Um, how do you feel about it, if anything at all? How do you feel about the death? And I said, I'm jealous, honestly. I see cats like him and my granddad and lose hope that I can ever that I can ever be more than what they were. Hurt and abused men that knew that life ain't fair firsthand and that had gotten the wind knocked out of them and were just waiting to die, you know. I know how they feel. I feel like that shit has been passed down to me. Like that one gift you didn't want for your birthday but have to open first. And now you're stuck. Everyone telling you that God gives his battles to the strongest warriors and everything happens for a reason. Eventually, you just wanted to stop. Fuck the plan for my life that doesn't seem to be going anywhere but down anyway. So honestly, good for him. This world sucks anyway. It's a very sad situation, but I'm more sad about the life circumstances that led up to this than the actual death. I... 
ain't really got nothing else to say about that one. I mean, I feel like that was pretty succinct. Um, I mean, I've talked about medicine. I've talked about some of my biggest annoyances, you know, the same way if someone had cancer and told you, you wouldn't say, oh, we all got a little bit of cancer. Don't try to do that shit with depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, autism, any of that. These diagnoses exist for a reason. If we were all the same, they wouldn't be there. Same way they don't diagnose if you can inhale or exhale. We all, yeah, we all got a little bit of inhale, exhale. We don't all have a little bit of depression. We don't all have a little bit of autism. We are all different, and that is okay. I know that as humans, we're afraid of what's different from time to time, but if you know that that's what you're going to experience until the day you die, coming into contact with different shit, then maybe change your perspective on it. Maybe try to learn about some of these things some of these, you know, situations, some of these people that you don't know anything about as opposed to judging them and thinking that they just can't handle their shit. Here's the deal, man. Like, me myself, I know I'm not sitting here talking about my story every time I get on here, but, you know, sexual, physical, mental, emotional abuse, all of that I went through when I was a kid. I was getting beat with a belt by three. Like, and for the longest time, I just thought that everybody have been through what I've been through. You know, the molestation, the beatings. The, I thought everybody, the neglect. I thought everybody had been through what I've been through. And it wasn't until I was like 28 that I realized, no. You know, I thought everyone had been through what I had been through and that I just needed to suck it up. Because every time I would try to talk about what I had been through, people would get uncomfortable, clam up, all that kind of stuff. But life is real. And I'm not going to sit here and act like life is perfect because it's not. I mean, you've heard the phrase, life's a bitch and then you die. Your depressed friends know that life's a bitch better than anybody else. And like I said near the beginning, sometimes the happiest person in the room is usually the saddest. I use my comedy to shield my emotions, to help me get out of awkward situations, to just help me exist around people I don't know. Because the last thing you want to do is, you know, just be straight up honest with people and tell them about how you really feel. If I'm being honest right now today as I'm recording this, I don't see a purpose to my life. I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I feel like if I die tomorrow, nobody in the city that I live in would even be here to comfort my wife. Like, I don't feel like I got friends that I can call and hang out with. Like, it's just, I feel alone in this city and I fucking hate it. Like, I moved here to make friends, you know, but regardless of that, that's how I feel. I feel like my life is pointless. I feel like. Nothing in the world would change if I died tomorrow. And yes, I do want to die tomorrow. I hate when people try to tell me to think of my family and my kids. Like, I don't have a family and kids, you dumb fuck. I think about them way more than you ever could. That doesn't mean I'm not depressed. That doesn't mean that I'm always mentally stable. You know what I mean? Like, I hate when people do that shit. Well, think about your wife and kids, bitch. What? You think about my wife and kids because I'm at home with them. I think about them all the time. Got a tattoo of a wedding ring on my on my left hand. I love my wife and kids more than I love anybody listening to this. Anybody. Don't tell me what the fuck to think about when I'm trying to kill myself. I'm sorry. Don't tell me what to think about when I'm trying not to think about killing myself. Because all you're going to do is just make people feel even more guilty for feeling sad in the first place. Too many people feel bad for feeling bad, and that's that's not right. Sadness is an emotion. A very important emotion that we learn and grow from. And like I always say, you look at anyone of greatness, 
they've had sad, depressed moments in their lives. You can't become a person of greatness without some kind of pain. And that's what depression is, man. It's pain. It's like this numb ache that you feel throughout your whole body. You know you're going to wake up tomorrow and feel the same numb ache. You woke up yesterday and felt it, and you start to wonder, what is the purpose of living if I'm going to feel this every day? I can't tell you what to find your purpose in. Everybody's is different. Me personally, I do want to be here for my wife and kids, but I would never guilt trip them into thinking they're the only reasons I'm alive because they're not. And that's putting too much pressure on them anyway. I feel like if I ever did kill myself, it would be an outward expression of me giving up on God's plan for my life. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like me killing myself is me saying my best days are behind me. There's nothing else God can do in or through me. Fuck it. And as much as I want to, I can't give up on God. So here we are. And since I ain't giving up on God, I'm not giving up on you. Whoever's listening to this, whoever needs to hear this, I'm going to keep going for us. Because ain't nobody else doing it for real. And too many people try to make it seem like, you know, mental illness just goes away after a while. I'm going to be dealing with this for the rest of my life. I know I'm not the only one. Send this to a friend that you think needs to hear it. You know, I'm here to help people. Reach out, man. You know, text, call, email. My number's on, um, I think on my Twitter profile and also my Instagram profile, you can text me. Reach out to somebody. Everybody needs somebody sometimes. And if someone does reach out to you, just listen. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to make them feel worse than they already do. Be happy that someone trusted you enough to even be vulnerable with you. You know what I mean? And I know it can be a scary thing, you know, but I'm saying as the mentally ill person that's, you know, been on the other end of the phone talking about suicide, sometimes you just want to be heard. Sometimes you just want somebody to listen to you and not say shit because no one ever just listens to you. My parents didn't even listen to me. My parents never stood up for me. Anyway, that could be another episode. I hope that this has helped somebody. Um, And I'm open to doing more. I just don't want to bum y'all out, you know. But I know that there is a story that needs to be told that isn't being told. Hopefully I can help tell it. Peace.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.